What is up? You are listening to the Ice Cream Sunday podcast. My name is Austin Buckner. I'm Trevor Holder. And this is, uh, I was going to give an episode number, but I don't know what episode number it is. I think this is 38. I forgot as well. Um, actually, hold on. Um, yeah, this would be 38. Yes. Yeah. God, I've been so- gone for so long. Uh, this is, uh, this, we talk a lot about things that uh, have happened during our hiatus. Um, 30, episode 37 was our personal lives, things that have happened during the hiatus. And this is more like a pop culture, like, hey, we're going to talk about this fucking video game that we love and this show that started during I was going to say, if we're being honest, it was mostly Last It was of mostly us. The Last of Us. Let's not get crazy. It was mostly The Last of Us. Uh, but also pro wrestling and uh, a couple TV shows and uh, a couple video games that we played. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, basically just uh, catching up with some of the other things that we did to, uh, to kill time during the month that we were away. The question I didn't get to ask during the main uh, main portion that I kind of want to ask right now to kind of end off the intro. Mm-hmm. What is an upcoming game that you're looking forward to and an upcoming movie you're looking forward to? Um, hmm. Is, uh, <laughs> is... I, I have a list of all the... Is Creed new- 3 out yet? No, or is it yet. Creed 4? Creed 3. Creed 3, mm-hmm. yeah. Excited for that. I'm excited for fucking anything Jonathan Majors does at this point. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So Creed 3 is your Creed movie. 3, yeah, yeah. I, um, and I have I have a list of all this year's uh, like big game releases too. So ooh, I can't even think of anything that I've really seen a lot of marketing on. Are, are, are you sure about that? You're not. You're not. Uh. You're not excited for Resident Evil Four remake. You know? Oh yeah, I, I'm. I'm pretty excited for that. <laughs> yeah. I guess I am pretty excited for that. Yeah. Um. Actually, that comes out March 24th. Oh. Yeah. All right. Um. I mean, it's a pretty stacked list. It's just I'm a little. Just run through the list real quick. Um. Okay. I'll run through the entire list. Callisto Protocol and Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion already out. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the month of January, we have Forspoken on the 24th, Dead Space on the 27th, uh-huh. remake. Um, for the month of February, on the 2nd, we have Deliver Us Mars. February 10th, Hogwarts Legacy and a game called Wanted Dead. Uh, the 21st is Atomic Hearts, which will be out on Game Pass. It's kind of like a Russian-style um, Bioshock. Oh, nice. Yeah, it looks insane. Um, on the 23rd, Sons of the Forest on PC, which if, if you want a survival game, that would be the game to do it. Okay. There, There's a bigger like main story, but you have to work your way to it, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then February 28th, the next expansion for Destiny 2 comes out called Lightfall. Um, March... First, oh, they started before. vacuuming. I know it. Those fuckers. Uh, All right. Month of March, the day before, on March 1st. Star Wars Jedi Survivor, March 17th. Resident Evil 4 Remake, March 24th. April 28th, Dead Island 2. May 12th, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. May 26th, Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League, which is Ken- Kevin Conroy's last oh, that's right. role as Batman. Yes, I have heard about that. That, that does sound intriguing. And then. To cap it off, June 22nd is Final Fantasy 16. So it's up until June. 
I'm a little unsure if we're going to get a release date for Starfield, but we'll see as yeah. time goes on. Exciting stuff. Uh, yeah, so uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Ash Cream Sunday Podcast. Let's get right into it. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Last of Us? Oh, it's the, okay, so at the time of this recording, we've only watched one episode. Yep. Three and a half hours from the second episode. I thought the first episode was fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, I, I understand criticisms that I see online that, like, um, you know, they don't look anything like the fucking characters in the game. But Wh- they do, Whatever. Though. They do, though. But, like... Whatever, you know, like it's it's just people pissed just, at being pissed. Yeah, Joel's Hispanic. Like, who gives a shit? Um, I think the actor that plays Tommy sounds so much like the voice actor uh, wait, that played Tommy. He, isn't he Cuban? He's probably cute. I don't know. He's some it, sort it, of Latino. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but um, I thought they did a great job. I think the just all of the set pieces, mm-hmm. like they all they look phenomenal. I think um, the world building was the world very building is well just done. it's fantastic. Um, I can't forgive me. I can't think of the guy's name, but it's the same guy that did a lot of the um, prosthetics, a lot of the practical effects for Vecna in Stranger Things, and he also uh, did the prosthetics and the the practical effects for the Night King. Okay. Um, in Game of Thrones, yeah, and. The when he, Tess and Joel go into the sewers mm-hmm. or underground or in the tunnels or whatever, and they see you see basically the first like dead clicker, fucking clicker. Um, that looked incredible. Mm-hmm. I think it looks, I think it looks and it feels amazing. I think, um, like the wardrobe, just I mean, like it's as it's as close to the game as any video game ad- adaptation yeah. in, in my opinion and and that's the thing though people expect everything to be a one-to-one comparison mm-hmm. which it that is never ever ever going to happen yeah i think i think people thought it was going to be you know or wanted i don't know if they wanted it to be scene for scene like exact but like if that's what you wanted them just go play the game yeah. like there has to be some sort of liberties that you take with with telling the story and and ways to tell it and and things that you want to show and I think the first episode is great. I wish that for jo- I mean obviously I loved playing the game, loved playing the game. I played it probably more than any other game since it's, it's come out. Mm-hmm. I wish for ten seconds that I could have never played the game and just watched the show to see like if I believe the storytelling is as good as I do because I've watched the games. Like if I've never watched the games, I don't know the story is okay. For example, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, if you haven't played the game or watched the first episode, but hold on before I I know, I know what you're going to talk about, 
let's wait on that because uh, I, I feel like we, it'd be better suited if we start from beginning and go all the way up. Yeah, sure. So let, let's just talk about basic thoughts and then go uh, from beginning. I, just, I, I thought it was great. I mean, I just like the things that I wanted to see from the game mm-hmm. were in there. Like there's just some things in the game, in the beginning of the game, that are so impactful that like it had to be in there. Yeah. Like when they're in the truck, this is skipping ahead a little bit, but when they're in the truck and they're leaving, are you talking about the one shot? Austin, there's one shot where, okay. Most of the last of us video game is in third person. Mm -hmm. The beginning of the game, you're playing as Sarah, you're playing as Joel's daughter. Mm -hmm. And there's a point of view of kind of a first person or over the shoulder anyway almost first person where you where all you do is you control her and you can look back and forth. That's all you do. You sit in the back of the truck and you can look back and forth. And there's a shot where like everything was fine 10 fucking minutes ago. 10 fucking minutes ago, it was just before you fell asleep and you were giving your father a birthday present. Everything's fine. Everything's great. And then you see this house on fire fully engulfed in flames and you're like, Everything in the rest of this fucking game is going to be chaos. And like, I don't know why, but for me, I was like, if I see that fucking burning house in this show, like it's going to, and then you see it and it's from that same point of view. And, and the family, the family, they pass by that family and they're like, oh, Hey, don't stop. Yep. 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 So just, I mean, there's just, there's little things. And like the fact that Sarah in the show was wearing the exact same t-shirt as Sarah in the game. And just like those little things, like those little things that like only if you watch the game, you're going to pick up on. It's just perfect. So here, here's my thoughts on basic thoughts is the reason why that I've seen so many people say that this is the best ad video game adaptation ever made is because this wasn't some property that was just licensed off to HBO to be made. Yeah. This was done with the guy who created it. Yep. Having full like involvement with it. And I think to HBO's credit, I think that's why the well, at least the first few seasons of Game of Thrones was so good is because you had George R R Martin on hand to be like this is this is the world this is the world yeah um and that's that's the biggest thing when you're trying to do adaptations is like sure you can that's what okay so like the the opposite way mm-hmm. there's a harry potter video game open world harry potter video games coming out oh, i can't wait i know oh, it's so and like the biggest thing that i've heard from the developers is like when you watch those movies or you read those novels like the wizarding world is the most important thing. And like, we want to engulf you in this world. Yeah. You get to do spells and shit like that, but you really need to feel like you're part of that. (laughs) Ariel, (laughs) little mermaid, part of that world. (laughs) You really need to feel like you're in that environment and you're in that world. And like every demo, every gameplay video that I've seen of that game coming out next month. Yeah. Um, Uh, February 10th. Yeah. Like it looks like, like everything that you would want to do, like you want to fucking play Quidditch and you want to do spells and you want to ride brooms oh, and like, fuck it yeah. looks, dude, uh, if I can just play Quidditch, so absolutely. good. Like, everything about it looks great. But, but like, that's the thing. Like the world has to, you has to feel like you're in that world. Like for 85 minutes last Sunday, I felt like I was in a post-apocalyptic, like 
I was so excited because like that's my favorite video game of all time. And I was like, okay, like everything that I wanted to see is is there. Like the all the characters and like are all of them do they all look exactly like no, like the Sarah in the game doesn't look anything like the Sarah. Like I don't give a shit about that. Like she has the same personality. Personality. Yeah. Like I still what happens at the end of the episode, not even at the end of the episode, what happens like halfway through the episode, um, like I, I, I felt the same emotion I felt when I was in the, when I was playing the game. Right. I mean, like I said, Neil Druckmann had direct involvement with this. Yep. He wrote it. Yeah. Like, and they've even come out and said, hey, there are certain things that are going to be changed because... For live for the live action to work, it has to be this yep. way. Yep. So that's why um, we'll, we will never see the spores. Yeah. That and in the game, which it, for those of in you that show. don't, yes, sorry. Uh, for those of you that don't know, in the game, um, you come across sections in the game where you come across spores, which is essentially uh, a concentrated area where you would have to put on a gas mask. Mm-hmm. If you don't. You will breathe in the spores, you will get infected, and you will die. So, they've done away with that completely. Mm-hmm. They've already come out and said that. With that being said, everything that was done, in the at least in the first episode, and I can tell that this is a, absolutely the case uh, going forward, is that it is done with such love and care to the source material, to the fans, to... Uh, the cast, the crew, just anybody and everybody involved. Whether whether you followed Last of Us as a gamer or you're just jumping into it for the first time. If you've listened to the last 36 episodes of this podcast, you will know that I am the fucking king of hyperbole. However, I, I've watched a lot of musicals. I've watched a lot of movies. I've watched a lot of TV shows. Uh, I watch professional wrestling. It does not matter the media in my opinion the last of us the original video game and to an extent part two but definitely part one is one of the best stories ever told not just best video game stories ever told one of the best stories ever told it's so good um and and so to to have a team of screenwriters and then to have neil Druckmann on and to really assemble like this incredible team at HBO, which is the king of scripted TV shows, and has been since, not even since Sopranos, like since uh, Oz, um, like they are the king of scripted television shows. Um, that actually, I mean, it's just that actually reminds me, they it's got amazing. they got Gustavo to come back and do the fucking music. Yes. So okay. Let's add so much to it. That soundtrack is phenomenal. Let's get let's get into it. We'll we'll start from the beginning, do a recap, and then uh Yeah. Thoughts. Yeah. So the beginning. It it felt strange knowing how the game starts as opposed to uh the show. The way the show starts, there's uh there's a cold open. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's uh it's like a talk show in the seventies. Nineteen sixty eight. Nineteen sixty eight. I th- so here's the thing. I was I was reading and it was like it's it's exclusive to HBO Max, mm-hmm. and we have Xfinity through Amy's parents. So I turned on like just regular ass HBO. That cold open came on, 
and I thought I was watching the wrong show for probably 90 seconds. <laughs> I was like, are we watching the right? And then, yeah, and they, but, then they started talking about, like, obviously, like... Cordyceps. Yeah, and, and I was yeah. like, okay, we're, yeah, obviously this is, yeah. So, um... Played by uh, the guy who played Jonathan in The Mummy. It's just, it was, it was really good, and I think it set up, like, it was good foreshadowing. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, we'll get into that later, because there's a fucking theory. I don't know if you know about this. It's gonna fuck you with your mind i think the thing so a lot of people a lot of like purists that are like i want the adaptation to be exactly like the game i think taking out the the spores and making it like a cordyceps brain infection is a real thing yeah like this really happens in like parasites will infect fucking insects and basically keep it alive to to do its bidding right um that's a real thing and so i think that was the main point for me in the last of us is like, it's not some like random made up weird infection or, or whatever the fuck, like, like most zombie movies are, they don't really talk about like how they became zombies or how this, how this whole thing started. And it's always like a viral infection. Yeah. They never get into it. Like it's a fungus. Yeah. So, so it's very much more, uh, I feel grounded. Yep. Yep. It, it, it felt like, okay, this could, this that was always the scariest thing for me about the last of us was like oh this could theoretically this could happen and then i i loved and i don't know if it was i mean i probably was it's Druckmann, but i don't know if it was like hey global warming is a hot fucking topic right now so let's let's tie that in because the whole thing to be like okay well this could never happen it's like well hold on like there's no reason for this fungus to you know evolve or whatever and it's like but what if the world became warmer and temperature started rising and then it wouldn't have a reason to and then you're just that hit me so hard because i was like oh fuck yeah and then so he goes through that whole spiel that whole that whole uh speech about uh global warming yep um how things mutate and, and stuff like that and then you're left with just the most terrifying foreboding shot of the whole thing which was he says all of this and it just goes quiet and yep. the camera uh is on the host yep. and he's just speechless. He's mortified. Like yep. this is there's this awkward silence for probably like it's I mean all, all things considered probably like four seconds, but it feels like a, an eternity. Oh yeah. And then he just goes, We'll be back. And then cuts to the fucking opening present day yeah, or whatever. Cuts to the opening like package or whatever. And so did you notice in the in the intro? So like the the opening credits, um, the music starts playing. Yep, it's the theme. Yep, and how you'll see you'll see the fungus start to grow. Mm-hmm. Do you realize what that what uh, it turned into? Uh, no. Map, I map oh, of the I United States. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I'll go back and watch it. I knew it was a map, but I did, I didn't know of what. Yeah. But, uh, um. And I got to say, after the end time, I was like, I think I held my breath a lot during uh, uh, during the episode just because I, I, I felt like I knew what was coming. I just See, didn't know how. That's what I want to talk about. And I won't talk about what actually happens, but I wish... I mean, we can. I wish we'll that just... I could go back for 85 minutes or the, what is it, nine episodes of the season and have... Wish I could forget what happened in the game. Like I never played it because I want spoiler. So 
Sarah dies. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Um, so Joel's daughter dies, and that basically sets up all of the events going forward. And it the game's been out long enough we can talk about it, yeah. and it's not necessarily a spoiler. Right. Um, so yeah. The thing that I loved about the game, and the thing that I also loved about the show, when you start the game, the first player that the first character that you control is not Joel. It's Sarah. So when you play the game, the first character that you play as is Sarah. And when the first the first character, the first character you open with in the show after the 1968 talk show segment is Sarah. And I'm guessing that if you've never played the game and you didn't see any of the advertisements or any of that, you're going into the show thinking Sarah is the main character. I would assume. Um, and, and or she's going to last longer than yeah, she does. Yeah, so you're thinking like that's when I played the game, I didn't know anything about it. I just knew like, oh, you have the it's going to be this like crazy zombie world. And I heard like stuff about it and it's like this awesome story and I saw a little bit of gameplay where you play as Joel and I'm like this game looks amazing, but I didn't really know a whole lot about it. I didn't want to. Right? It was kind of like uh um like when the when the Star Wars sequels came out, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know the fucking story. I don't want to know anything. I, I don't want to know that fucking Obi-Wan comes back and Kylo Ren is his son. Like, I don't want to know any of that. I don't want I don't want to have any idea what's going on or like uh the new Spider-Man movie like there's some movies where I'm just like I don't want to fucking know anything about it. I want to go in completely blind. Yeah. Um so you come in and you the, in the game you play as her um, for the first fifteen minutes. fifteen minutes yeah um, and you're just and you it's it's very chill nothing really happens and then everything happens and it's just like that in the show where it's like that's the first character that you see and you don't really see Joel much at all and no, that ends up being the first I character I loved that yeah you don't I love see... that we had a bit more. Uh backstory with with sarah like how she got the watch fixed yeah um we kind of saw them interact with characters that weren't in the game but Mm -hmm. just you know just kind of to give an idea of uh, who they are and and stuff like that but i love that she interacted with her neighbors yep um she went to the uh repair shop yep stuff like that um and you know when when Joel is talking uh, on the phone, mm-hmm. it's not it's not the same as the beginning of the game. Where at the beginning of the game, it was in the middle of the night that we already knew. Um, in the show, it was the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joel is talking about contract work which that's what he did did before everything happened um tommy he was in business with tommy Mm -hmm. and then i love i oh my god how they changed that uh how how they were able to separate joel from sarah in that moment and you kind you kind of see how that happens yep i loved how like tommy's like hey i need you to bail me out of jail and Joel goes and does it. And then yeah. that's kind of where everything starts kicking off. But 
I'm 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 blown away by by the whole thing, honestly. Like after the title sequence, I'm sitting here in my chair, edge of my seat, just like white knuckle, like gripping. And Heather is watching me because mm-hmm. she knows I know. Yeah. She doesn't necessarily grasp the whole thing because she hasn't gone through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But she knows like and like every time I'd go when something would happen that's reminiscent of the games. Um, you know that, like, when you're playing an intense... So, you know, like, okay, you're playing a video game, mm-hmm. right? And maybe it's, like, an open-world game, and you're, and you're just traveling. Like, uh, Red Dead Redemption, for example. I knew, I knew that was going to be Red Dead Redemption, right? <laughs> and you're just, like, you're fucking just riding your horse, and then, like, you get into, like, a firefight, and you're, like, you got to do that, like, intense fucking, like, lean forward. Or you're playing like a sports game, and all of a sudden, like the other team gets a goal or a touchdown, and you're like, you gotta "Fuck, I gotta lean forward." Uh, that was me the whole 85 minutes. I'm like, "All right, so Sarah's just chilling. She's getting the watch repaired, and then oh fuck!" And then I, I, I just lean forward, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" So, so when everything happened, I didn't know if Sarah was gonna wake up and have joel come in the back door see i wondered about that because that's what happens in the, in the game is because, like she's yeah. looking around he comes in the back door he's like fucking and then uh the infected neighbor comes yep. crashing through like i was convinced that was gonna happen and i was looking in the background the entire time like uh them going down into the kitchen and i like rather than focus on them i was looking in the background because the the sets are so well done like i was looking in the back thinking uh Oh man, like I'm I'm looking for the door. I'm looking for the desk where Joel pulls out the gun, like yep. stuff like that. And that was such a shock in the game. But then to have it to where she goes over to the neighbor because the dog got out. Yeah, neighbors that she had previously interacted that she clearly has a history with yep. because she stays over there when Joel's not there, mm-hmm. right? And to have it change a certain way. Like wow, yeah, yeah. I think overall, the the little changes that were made to advance the story in the show have all been really, really good. Yeah. Um. So, did you cry? <sighs> I cried when Sarah died, and Heather looked at me and she goes, "Oh, I'm like, it happens every time." <laughs> Every time, every time I every time I play the game, every, like, every I time know, I play it, yep, yep. I know uh, what the, happens. The remake can made I, me do it. The- there are and and maybe I'm giving away too much. So if you don't want to be spoiled, if you haven't played the game, don't listen to this part. But there are a handful of deaths in this game. All of them impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, probably in three hours, we're gonna see Tess. We're gonna see Tess pass away. Uh pass away fucking die see brutally um but the one that i am not looking forward to reliving again the most is the hospital oh well that too oh are you talking about sam yeah oh fuck yeah sam and henry's gonna fucking ruin me see uh, okay so i have a feeling that this episode's gonna be test dying mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling next episode is gonna be uh bill and frank yep um i just i don't know I think after that was probably going to be um, Sam. Um, I don't know. Like it, it, I'm there's... really hoping that 
you know the the opening scene when they get to the winter season Mm -hmm. where it's the rabbit and then she (laughs) fucking destroyed it yes i'm hoping that's how they i'm hoping that's how they open an episode because you like logically if you think about it like right before that Mm -hmm. joel gets hurt which mm-hmm. would make an amazing cliffhanger to an end of an episode. And then if that is the beginning scene of a, of a following episode, just brilliant. You know, you're reminding me. So, again, for people that don't know, the the voice actors uh, from the game are in the show at some point. The, um, the only one that reprises their own role is Marlene. Right. Um, Troy Baker, who played Joel in the game, is in it. And he is confirmed a bad guy. But you've only ever seen shots of him during winter. So I'm wonder I don't think he's the that main bad guy from that group. David. David, thank you. Uh his the, character's so the name- only reason I remember that the bad guy in the winter season's name is David is because um when we had our E Fed thing, mm-hmm. so for like a very short time I changed my character uh like nickname, the whole gimmick was like the last of us because I was like the last I remember uh, the original that. fucking yeah. crew, and um, uh, does she cuts his throat to kill him? Right? No, isn't that how she kills him? I thought she's like on top of him, and like, doesn't she like reach for a knife and like slice his throat? I thought he's like machete. Trying to re- like she goes to town on him. Throat first, though, right? I, I think feel, so. I, I feel like she hits him in the throat. Yeah. The reason I say that is because uh, my finisher in that gimmick. As as a Efed wrestler was a cutthroat driver called David's demise. I like that. Yeah. So um, so like I said, you've only seen Troy Baker. His character's name is Joe, I think, during winter. So I'm wondering if he's part of David's crew. Mm, yeah. Maybe. And and because they're cannibals. Yeah. And they're not great people. They they uh, trick people. Uh, and they're then, cannibals. Yeah. They're not great people. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Look, there's there's a difference between survival <laughs> there's and good cannibals. There's bad cannibals. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> you know. Um. So I'm interested to see how he plays out. Yeah. But from the moment, from the moment Tommy gets out of the truck, when um, when they first pull up on Sarah outside. Mm-hmm. I knew, like, all right, got to get ready. Yep. And then they do that whole long one shot, and it's it's so beautiful. Good. It's so good. They they pull up on the traffic. And they're like, "Fuck, we can't do anything because yeah. everyone had the same idea, which exactly how it would happen. They try to cut through a field. Army's blocking that way. Well, shit, we're, we're just gonna keep running through the field and get to town. Yeah. I mean, as as soon as I saw the the soldier or soldier officer military personnel, whatever the fuck you want to call him, like as soon as I saw him, and then like on the radio, and like you can't hear the other end of the radio, just like in the game, but you're like, oh fuck, like what is he being told? And the minute he like points the gun at Joel, I'm like, see, it wasn't even that. It wasn't even that. It was the fa- the moment they stepped into that restaurant after being chased. Because uh, that one infected came flying through, just throwing his body everywhere, which was amazing touch. Yeah. Throwing his body over over tables, around corners, stuff like that. The second they stepped into that restaurant after getting chased, I, I was like, yeah. yep. Yep. So they get out the back door, and there it is. Yeah. 
So, and then we fast forward and everyone was talking about how, oh, we finally know what Joel did, uh, you know, after, after all of that, like we, we know what his document, well, yeah, he was a smuggler. Yeah. Of course he's not going to be a smuggler all the time. So he's probably going to be dumping bodies, which by the way, that child that, um, I, I don't, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That, that child that the, uh, security. Yep. Was checking. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Yep. And then they, you see them throw the body out, and it's like the very next, like the very next scene. It's just like that same child. Yeah, I was like, fuck. Um. Uh, the mention yeah. of Robert. Yeah. Uh, granted, it, it didn't happen the same way. They didn't be like, oh, Robert fucked us over, so we're we're straight up gonna go for him. They're like, Tess is getting beat up. She's like, no, we're gonna let it. We're gonna let it yeah. go. Uh, Robert, more or less trusted Tess by saying uh, Joel's not going to come after you. And then uh, what I like was, if I remember correctly in the game, we never see who Robert dealt with to fuck them over, correct? Um, or, or was it? I don't it, remember. Or, yeah, I can't remember if Tess and Joel came across the person that ro- that. Robert Ro- sold Robert, the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I th- I thought it was a nice touch to kind of bring everyone together where... I did too. Robert fucked Joel and Tess over and have it end up being Marlene anyway. I thought that was great because it, it was an awesome way to introduce the, the characters and kind of condense everything into, you know, you have 85 minutes to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember if that was... I mean, obviously that particular wasn't the the case in the game, but I can't remember if you if you find out who he fucked you over for in favor of or not. But and, yeah, and you know they, I mean, they're essentially forced into that situation because, like, hey, everyone's fucked over, but mm-hmm. this this is a thing that needs to happen, and no one wants to do it. But. Yeah, I think. Going back again to not really know, like, let's say I didn't play the game and and I don't know the story. Um, does the casual viewer of the show understand at this point, just after one episode, why Marlene is like Joel and Tess? You have to take this kid to the fucking Capitol building. Like, do they understand? I know that she like showed her scar and was like, I'm not infected, but do they understand? Like, well, see, they found, so the way they show the scar is they find out immediately after they get outside the walls, right? Which that didn't happen. Right. Um, it happened a bit later on in the game, right? Which is fine. It, not a complaint at all. I'm just saying like the episode tonight, Mm-hmm. We assume is going to be the episode where where they get to the Tess is killed. And, yep. When if you're a casual viewer of the, or if you're if you're interested in the show, you're only watching the show. You don't know the story of the game. Is that n- not knowing the full extent of Ellie's immunity? Is that going to be even more impactful when Tess is like, "Look, Joel, I got bit." This is how bad it is right now. This was 10 minutes ago. Her, She's saying that hers is like two weeks ago or whatever the case is. Three weeks. Three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. 
like, is that going to be even more impactful not knowing that part of the game? Because I think if you're a cat, I'm always trying to put my, my mind in the casual viewer that doesn't know the, the game. Like if, if we get to the end of the first episode and she's freaking out, like, no, I'm, I'm not infected. Um, does, does it, someone that's watching the show that hasn't played the game understand that like the end game here is Ellie getting to this hospital and do they, do they fully grasp like, I don't think she so. is the fucking, you know, I don't she's think so. baby Jesus. She's the savior of the entire like human race. I think, I think to fully grasp it, you need to play the game. Yeah. Where we currently are with the show. Yeah. Uh, I think after this episode, it may be, it may way be a more little more clear. clear. Yeah. Um, I got to say though, I love Joel's interaction with that guard. Mm-hmm. And then like, Obviously, Joel's a shitty person now because of everything. Um, he's got to make shit dealings with, like the guard, right? But he was clearly able to talk to the guard, talk his way out of it. And I, do you feel like he would have been able to do it once they got outside the walls? Do, or do what? Like to be able to talk the guard uh, into oh, like I th- um, see I think I think he would have been able to, but with the the threat of uh, them getting caught where they were um, and seeing the gun pointed at Ellie, I think that's what set Joel off, and that's what kind of kind of set it all off. You yeah. know what I mean? I think he would have been able to talk talk him out of it if the gun wasn't pointed at Ellie. Right, right. And I I do like that scene because if you haven't played the game, um, and and you know like the the num the multiple number of times that Sarah's death affects Joel in different ways across the entire game, um, this is a good way to set up like oh twenty years on. Like he is still not over the death of his his teenage daughter, so I think that's a that ends up being a very impactful like you know what I mean. But yeah. um, you got um, you know the the mentioning of the watch, uh, you know little moments of the game sprinkled throughout. But what kind of gets me is, and I I don't know why I forgot about it until now. We have a very realistic um, chance of getting a bit of a flashback of Left Behind mm-hmm. this episode. I with yeah. Ellie and Riley, and I'm not ready for that. No, and I think well, I saw. I mean, I've seen pictures that have been leaked that like there are flashbacks because like the the photo booth mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. So like I've seen that. So like there is going to be flashbacks from that yeah we're definitely getting left behind i know that but i'm just saying it could oh you're just saying for this episode specifically i think i think we may be getting uh some flashbacks well so but not it could be because it could be right away in this episode because marlene did make mention of riley in the last episode yeah so fuck man yeah i i'm 
It's also it's, not ready for this emotional. It's also coaster. interesting how um, they say she was in the academy or whatever, mm-hmm. and I, I keep forgetting the security force's name or whatever. The but she was in the academy, right? And Marlene found her when she tried to escape or whatever. Mm-hmm. But again, that was never the case in the game because Marlene knew originally knew Ellie's parents. Right. Or her mom, at right. least. So we don't get as much of um, a connection between Marlene and Ellie. And I'm wondering if the weight of what happens later um, is going to hit as hard because of that. Because yeah. the one of the biggest things that Joel has an issue with in terms of Marlene, not the fact that she's a fucking terrorist. Um... But it's the fact that Marlene cared for Ellie uh, for as long as she did. And there's a strong connection uh, between the two. And Marlene was just ready to throw it all away. Right. Yeah. I I hope that over the course of the next few episodes, they, they kind of dive into the Fireflies, what their philosophy was, like who they who they were. To kind of explain a little bit more of that, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, anything more on The Last of Us before we move on? No, I can't think of anything. I, think, I haven't. I think uh, everyone portraying the characters that that they're portraying have done incredible. I mean, even, yeah. even as little as Tommy right now, which yeah. we know he's going to play a much bigger part later. Oh, for sure. I... I don't watch a lot of like appointment television anymore with sure. stri- with with streaming the way that it is um and and the way that Netflix has kind of switched my mind into like oh just fucking binge it all, binge it all at once um it's very rare for me to find a find a show that like I have to watch this one episode at a time week by week um but it's it's that shit's killing me because I'm not I'm not used to it anymore. To be like I got I got an hour and a half last week, and then gotta wait seven days and get a little bit more, and then wait seven days and get a little bit more. See, like I'm, that shit's fucking I like that. killing me. I like that though. Like, I know. I'm glad but, it came back because it gives us time to stew on it, think about it, talk yeah, about it, and yeah. then look forward to uh, the next episode as opposed to okay, we watch it all and now what? You know. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, you got Last of Us. Um, I recently got into uh, an Amazon show that's been out for a while, but I, I just finally bit the bullet and started watching it, and it's fucking incredible. And it's called uh, Vox Machina. I saw it come across, like, when I turned my Fire Stick on and mm-hmm. went to another app, I saw it come across as, like, a banner ad. Mm-hmm. It, so I don't know it, anything about it. So it's done by um, the D&D group Critical Role. Mm. Which critical oh, okay. critical roles is essentially uh, an assembly of voice actors from games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Matt Mercer, um, who's who's done a lot. He's uh, he he's done McCree in Overwatch. Um, Ashley Johnson, who did the voice of Ellie, mm-hmm. um, and you know Laura Bailey. So you know, incredible talent. So they find they came out with an animated show mm-hmm. that's essentially based off of their characters from D and D, and it's so funny 
like the animation's amazing, but the humor in it is just so good. And then as you go on, it it does seem like it gets a bit more serious and you're like, oh, this is actually really good. It's not just like crude humor and stuff. Like mm-hmm. there's substance to it. So that's what I've been watching. Season two just came out and the first three episodes. Um, Speaking of um, animated shows, mm-hmm. did you watch the, and I have not, but have you watched the cyberpunk show on Netflix? That's on my list. I, I want to. Yeah. I'm trying to get through certain things first. I understand. Um, but no, that is on my list. I, I heard it's very, very good. Yeah, I have two. I have two. Um, let's see. What uh, what have I done? Watched during hiatus. Have you seen Avatar? No. I never saw the first one. Really? Yeah. So. And I heard that I should have saw it in theaters. It is, obviously. Well, it is well worth the wait. Really? Um, I went and took Phoenix to it, just me and him. Uh, I splurged and got the four the not the 4d seats but the d box seats so like they rumble oh with yeah the, for sure with the movie and it was in 3d i've only done d box once it was awesome it and was it so was cool. take a wild guess think of like the craziest movie that you could like one of the craziest movies you could see in, in a d box as far as just like the shit's moving and spinning and this would have been 2010 Give me one actor. It doesn't have to be the main one. Uh, um, he's got like three names. Was so, it Inception? So, yes, it was Inception. Yes, it was Inception. Was it Joseph Gordon-Levitt? <laughs> yes. How the fuck did you get that from nothing? My I'm man. really good. My man. Yes, it was Inception. <laughs> it was yep. very good. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, that's the only time I've ever sat in a deep box. Almost so, made me slick. So the the... I want to do the 4D where it actually does like the effects, like water splash, stuff like that. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the One of the opening shots was them firing a bow and arrow and you could feel the the seat rumble like it was tensing up. And then as soon as they shot the arrow, it was like. That's cool. Dude, it felt so cool. So I got to say, well worth the wait. Um, the way they reintroduced certain characters, which I don't I don't want to spoil it. Was well done. Um, there are some inconsistencies, but nothing that, nothing that's going to ruin it, right? It's just going to be like, uh, not like, uh, say Resident Evil where the inconsistencies are there. (laughs) Um, it is hands down one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. And I'm not talking just in general, like the, the story and everything. I mean, visually stunning it was well worth the three and a half hours Mm -hmm. it was worth it Mm -hmm. um so yeah there there was avatar uh gaming wise i've just kind of been ground away i don't think i've really played any like new games i got back into game pass i spent way too long on far cry 5 that was a I still need to download it so we can do the co-op stuff because I just want to get that out of the way. Yeah. Um, Did you ever watch that short I sent you about um, Eden's Gate? 
do so, they? So there's a it, there's a a little short film that Ubisoft did. Oh. Um. That is essentially a prequel to Far Cry Five. I did not watch that. Uh. It basically follows um, YouTubers uh coming to that town because someone reached out to him saying, "Hey, my sister's gone. Uh, she went to a cult. Uh, you know." Yeah. Something something is not right. And it's only like 15 20 minutes long, but it's so well done. It, um I don't know, I really enjoyed it and then an interesting fact is there's a certain point in the map where you can come across a, a house that's just kind of seems inconsequential to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But you'll come across a body strung up. And if you read the note pinned to the body, it talks about one of the characters from that short film. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this is so-and-so. They thought they could expose Eden's Gate and hmm. blah, blah, blah. It, like, it was, it's cool. So yeah. I recommend watching it. I thought it, it, I, it was an interesting game. Uh, I, uh, in my personal life, have some like religious trauma from my childhood. So uh, the way that it ended with the crazy religious nutbag sort of winning <laughs> was like, God damn it. I spent all of these hours on this game. Spoiler, and like, he ends up winning regardless. Yeah, but. yeah, exactly. But I was like, motherfucker. So, so yeah, um, the secret ending, which you didn't do, which was at the very beginning of the game. Right. Yeah, okay. Uh, that I I wanted to make sure that was the right one. So yes. basically, spoiler, uh the secret ending is if you don't do anything, if you make if you take no action at the beginning of the game. Yep, and, you just sit there and wait yeah. ten minutes. Yeah, they, they basically tell you to put like handcuffs on him and you push a button and, and then the game starts and you lead him to the helicopter. Um but if you don't do that, if you don't do anything, um you just walk away. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, and then you got the the capture ending, which is you try to capture him. Um, that starts a firefight, getting everyone killed mm-hmm. in the process. But you're still able to arrest him and drag him off to the bunker. Yep. Which, in my personal opinion, that was a much better ending than the alternate ending, which was... If we do this, it's going to set off a whole uh, motion of events. Yeah. Um, and then you uh, you you just leave with with the sheriff and one of the other deputies, and then flip on the radio, and it's the same song that um, Seed's brother yeah. used to brainwash you. Yeah. Um. So. I've had a few people tell me about the DLC. Or no, not a DLC, but it's another game mm-hmm. that probably should have been DLC to Far Cry 5. I think it was too big for, for gotcha. just DLC, honestly. Um, and is that set after the events of Far Cry 5? Yes. So it is canon to the you capture So it's seed. after Seed and the deputy would... Leave the bunker. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Here's the thing, though. Um, there's a, a companion character that you get in that in New Dawn. Okay. That is silent. He doesn't talk. Okay. And 
theories, which educated theories, would lead you to believe that that is originally the rookie that you played in Far Cry 5. And Seed had ripped out his tongue. Oh. Because remember, you you just barely make it to the bunker and Seed drags you into the bunker, right? Right. If you look at the character description of the companion, um, you get a little backstory to him, but there's that. Um, so it, it's pretty cool nod to like continue stuff. Interesting. Okay. Um, one thing I, I forgot to bring up while we were talking about Last of Us, the the crazy theory. Okay. I want to see if you notice anything or, or you get a connection as I'm bringing it up. Did you see this on a TikTok? Um, maybe. There's a wild theory, and I saw it on a TikTok, and I don't know if I can fully explain it, but I'll see if it's the same one that you're about to say. So originally, they talked about fungal infection. Mm-hmm. What do you use to make bread? <laughs> Yeast. Yep. Yeah. What? Uh, what is the one thing that Joel didn't make Sarah in the morning? Pancakes. Pancakes. Yeah, I saw that. This is the exact what, same one. What is the one thing that Joel forgot to get? Cake. Yeah. What is the one thing that Sarah didn't eat? Cookies. Yep. What is the one thing that that neighbor family actually ended up eating? Biscuits. Yeah. Yep. Like, holy shit. But that's that, so clever. That, and then, um, so to go on that, there was... On, it was either on the TV or on the radio. There's like a news report about like shortages. Uh, no, there, there was like a, it was something about like deaths in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. And one of the largest like um, export or yeah, like yeah. it was like one of the largest um, bread, not bread mills, but like flour mills in the world yeah, is in flour. Indonesia. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, yes, have- I did see that exact same one, yep. which I thought. If that's not connected, if that's not by design, which it has to be, but if There's it's not, no way it's not. Like that's really clever. Oh yeah. So uh, sorry. Um, I I had to throw that in there. Um. So in Far Cry Six, they have DLC where it lets you kind of continue the stories of previous Far Cries. Um, it lets you continue Far Cry Three and give you backstory on Voss. Mm-hmm. It lets you play as pagan men from Far Cry Four. And then in, uh, you get to play Seed in from Far Cry Five. It it doesn't do much, but it gives you a bit more context. Mm-hmm. Um, I just bought Callisto Protocol. I haven't played it yet, but it's because it I'm good. It looks good. It's got meh reviews. Really? Yeah. Which I'm okay with. I heard it's short. The gameplay looks fun. They just put out a new update, which I'm excited for. Um, but no, I wanted to beat God of War Ragnarok before I started in on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm ready to to get into that. And it's so hard, especially with the baby. Like, with multiplayer games, I can just stop whenever. See, Dustin and I just talked about this the other day. That, like, um, what the fuck did I play? No, uh, we're talking about The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. He watched the show because he f- he loves zombies. 
um walking dead was this shit for years before it got lost in the sauce um but he was like yeah i loved it and i was like do you ever play the game and he goes i own it never played it and i was like you should he's like i don't he's like i don't have the time and he's like little bite-sized shit yeah, like, for games like that, you can't. You have. Yeah, you have he to was have just like. Sit down. He was like, "That's why Rumble Versus become like my favorite game. Like, I, I I can play for like twenty minutes and then just put it down. Yeah, and like I get it. Like, um, that's why I loved. Like, I played the game Inside. Mm-hmm. It took me like uh five hours. Something Bite-sized like that. Bite-sized games like uh Braid, or you know stuff like that. What was the first game I played? It was very short, kind of a puzzle game. Um. Oh, uh, what remains of Edith Finch? So the first game I played on Game Pass because I heard it was short, but it was good, good story. Yeah. Um, but games like that are great for Game Pass because, like, I never would have found that game by myself. I never, it, I never would have thought about like if someone was like, "Hey, here's what this game's about. Buy it for fucking twenty five bucks or whatever." I'd be like, "No way in hell." Speaking of Game Pass, have you played High on Life? started it i beat the first boss the ant boss so with and i can't figure out how to get back to the house from there because i don't understand the navigation you just go back the way you came yeah that's what everyone tells me i have no idea i don't understand the navigation okay, so i don't we, understand so, a little mini so map. When, when you kill the boss yep. you get the knife right yes you do and there's a ledge in that arena that lets you jump back up and get back to where you were <laughs> i gotta i gotta open I it up again um, but yeah did you kill the other one because after after yes, you, after you killed, there's nothing to it. It's just an extra boss, and it's a haha kind of moment. Yep. Um, with recent news, and I don't know if you've heard about it, with recent news of Justin Roiland and allegations against him, do you feel like you want to continue playing High on Life, or to that I, extent, see, watch Rick and that. Rick and Morty? I thought about that too. Um, yeah, I don't know. See, because like. The things that I watch with my wife are like psychological thrillers and things like that. That's what she's into. And she's like, I don't like dumb comedy very often. Mm-hmm. But her her two vices are like Rick and Morty and um, Archer. So oh, watch, so good. So Archer's watch that shit so together. Good. And now like we talked about it and it was like... Can we watch Rick and Morty? <laughs> See, I don't know. I don't know if I'll watch Rick and Morty again. Honestly, I probably will. Yeah. It, but as far as like high on life goes, with the, for those that have with, no idea what I'm, what we're talking about, what happened with Justin Roiland, give a little synopsis. Yeah. So um, recently, there were allegations that came out that essentially Justin Roiland's a giant piece of shit and sexually uh, abused. Um, and assaulted uh, women. Um, and so now there's been this huge outcry, uh, you know, of, of boycott Rick and Morty, boycott High on Life. The way I see it, and I'm in no way condoning or, or supporting what he supposedly did, and I'm not saying to... Uh, not believe the victims. Uh, I'm separating him from his content. Being that I have Game Pass, I already have access to the game. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm giving him anything. Right. 
or any support by playing that game. Yeah. I'm just I'm just playing a game. I I have a hard time separating the artist from the art, but at the same time, like I fucking watch Harry Potter. I'm gonna play the Harry Potter video game that comes out. And I have friends that are boycotting Harry Potter too. And yeah. I, I totally under I yeah. totally no, understand. I, I, I get, get it. it. Totally get it. If if you don't want anything to do with it, that's fine. It, I'm not gonna sit there and argue with you. And guess what? I'm so sorry to all of my LGBTQ friends. I fucking eat Chick Fil A. Sorry. I don't like Chick Fil A. I don't know. I don't like it. I there's limited good fast food options in Pella. That's fair. Chick Fil A is the number one. Um. So, I'm in no way gonna sit there and argue. Uh semantics or even just straight out just the idea of supporting jk rowling if i play hardcore legacy that because that's not the case yeah uh what she says is not okay it is disgusting but at the same time when you got a whole group of developers a whole team of of designers writers um animators stuff like that who are Pouring their hearts and souls. These are fans uh, of Harry Potter who mm-hmm. do not agree with J.K. Rowling at all. Mm-hmm. That want to make a game from fans for fans, right. and then even go as far as giving the options to have characters uh, be trans or, mm-hmm. or you know, part of the community. Um, in spite of. The fact that she's maybe gonna get, you know, a, a slice of of revenue from the game. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna destroy the work of others. Well, uh, and like that. I've had a hard time. I, it's it's a very hard. Like New Year's Eve, Mexico, Dana White smacks the shit out of his wife. And then the first UFC pay-per-view after that incident happened last night. I was like, fuck, like, am I going to watch this pay-per-view? No, it's my credit. I fucking watched it slightly illegally. So he didn't get any of my money. You do that anyway. He didn't get any of my money. But then Vince McMahon is a big fucking scumbag. And he weasels his way back into the WWE. And it's like, god damn, like... WWE's firing on all cylinders creatively. Like, am I gonna am I gonna watch like their shit? Am I gonna continue to support? Like, now, do you think that was planned? I mean, obviously, I had a feeling Vince was gonna come back, but do you think it was planned that Steph uh, stepped down? Uh, in in light of her father, uh, like um, in a positive way, like a positive relationship with her and her father, or do you think she stepped down because so, she's, she was pissed off about Vince coming back? It's hard to say um, because she was only in that role for like six, seven months. Right. Um, and what's interesting is that she, like a month earlier than that, before she became co-CEO with Nick Khan of mm-hmm. WWE, she had left WWE before that. She was like head of uh, something. She had like a high level executive position and she left Vince then retires, and then she immediately comes back. It was like a week later. 
So I don't. So I don't it's, it's seeming like she knew she she needed to come back to hold things down until Vince came back. It, that, it, it, all, it that's all. That's how I'm taking it. I feel like maybe. Like she didn't. And the reason she didn't I say want to that, be a part of it. Well, I say maybe, and the reason I say this is that like, and I don't. I've never ran a big company. I don't know how the backstage shit works on that, but like, it all happened very fast. From the time that it was like, hey, Vince McMahon is trying to weasel his way back onto the board of directors to the board of he's back on the board of directors to he's been unanimously voted the chairman of the board again. Uh, Like all of this happened so fast. Um, And now there's rumors that like they're trying to sell before like by mid 2023 and I, it just, it all happened so very fast. Um, but at the same time, like, I love being a fan of professional wrestling as uh, a whole. Because um, then I can, like, <laughs> it's easier to, like, jump into WWE and be like, here's the cool shit that's happening in WWE, and then ignore all the rest. And then, like, here's the cool shit that's happening in AEW, and then ignore all the rest. And, like, uh, I gotten really into, like, the stuff that's happening in Japan again because, like, there's just there's so much cool stuff. Like, Kenny Omega oh, God, Kenny Omega, Yeah, Sephiroth. Kenny Omega returns. Holy shit. That- did, like, the coolest fucking entrance Ever. I got I to say, that was probably my most favorite entrance since um, that time we all got together and watched Shinsuke Nakamura come out to that violin intro. Yes. Oh. The uh, the way that they incorporated like the the giant like jumbotron screens and the way that he like his actions the, and the stuff that came up. It was, text, just, it was so the, good. Yeah, yeah, the text like... He is, and I understand that, like, a lot of the crazy fucking video game and anime references are going to go over a lot of American fans' heads. So, the way that he is portrayed in Japanese wrestling is different and has to be different than the way that he's portrayed in America. I fucking get it. Holy shit. Kenny Omega in Japan is on a whole other fucking level in terms of presentation, in terms of the way he wrestles. Like, Kenny Omega in the United States, in AEW, is the best wrestler on the planet right now. There's no question about it. Kenny Omega in Japan might be the greatest wrestler that's ever walked the face of the earth. Like, he is... It's a whole other fucking level. And then Kenny Omega at the biggest show of the year at Wrestle Kingdom, like his matches against Okada, the match against Jericho, like it is just a completely different level of any any wrestling I've ever seen. And then you you take his opponent, Will Ospreay, who is undeniably one of the most freakish athletes in in all of wrestling. Um, if you if you care about Dave Meltzer's five star rating system. Will Ospreay has more five-star ratings than any other wrestler other than Mitsuharu Masawa. With this match on January 4th against Omega, he tied Masawa for the most ever. So probably later this year or his next big profile match, Ospreay's going to fucking 
break the record have the the highest rating the the largest number of five-star matches whatever those two together created magic literally one of the best matches uh i've ever seen and according to dave Meltzer, who is like the pro wrestling historian the second highest rated match that he's ever watched whatever that match like just the the way that so Kenny Omega comes out first. He's the challenger for the IWGP United States Championship. His entrance, incredible. And then Osprey has this, like, he has a faction, and all of his guys are wearing, like, expensive three-piece tailored suits. So it's just, like, this mafia vibe. It's so good. And then the story was just awesome. And it was, like, everything that people said about Will Osprey that, like, oh, he can't fucking sell. He can't wrestle. It's all just flippy shit, like, the story told in that match, even if you're not a wrestling fan, like it's so simple to follow. It's like this guy is younger. He's not even 30 yet. Will Ospreay's not even 30 yet. Like he's done, he's like one of the biggest wrestlers in Japan right now. This guy that was already successful in Japan and, and moved to the United States to be an even bigger household name, like comes back and he's like, you have my fucking spot. And like, I'm hungry. I'm, I, want, I it. want it back. And then Osprey's like, no, I'm the shit now. And then Omega comes back and Omega beats him. And so now it's, there's a lot of people that are like, well, what was the point of like Osprey giving this like really impassioned speech about like, I've sacrificed fucking everything to pick up the pieces that you fucking left on the floor when you moved to America. And like, what's the point of Omega coming back and like beating him? That makes Osprey's speech look like it's, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter. And it's like, you don't understand. Like now Osprey becomes like even more desperate to fucking prove himself. And he doesn't have the IWGP United States championship, which frees him up to challenge for the world title. So like my assumption is that either before the end of the year or next year at Wrestle Kingdom, you're going to see Osprey get that world title and like become the guy in Japan uh, w- one other big thing that happened just this morning or last night or later today, depending on fucking where you're at in the world. Um, the great Muda had his last match as the great Muda. He has one more match later next month as Keiji Muto, his actual like real name, but as his great Muda character, which either has a mask or face paint, depending on what fucking year you're in. Um, he had his last match as that character. Uh, and then they set up matches going forward, uh, for his last show in February. And one of them is, uh, Kazushika Okada, who is the IWB, IWGP world heavyweight champion, the top belt in Japan, uh, the top championship of the new Japan pro wrestling promotion. Mm-hmm. He's wrestling a singles match against, uh, Kaito Kiyomiya, who is the, ghc heavyweight champion the top champion in pro wrestling noah so the two biggest champions in japan are wrestling a singles match against each other for the first time in a long time if not the first time ever as champions simultaneously um if it has happened it hasn't happened since i've been a fan of japanese wrestling um it's been a long long time because these promotions haven't always worked well together um that's happening as the co-main event for this great muda card and it's like I, I can't even i can't even give it like a uh like an actual sports 
comparison because there's not like two leagues of the same sport that are comparable. Um, but I, I mean, I guess it would be like, no, because that would be like, I mean, that the, would be like the, the closest pass thing versus... you could be like WWE, like the main WWE roster as opposed to NXT. Well, like if it like let's say like the top champion, like let's say Roman Reigns from WWE wrestles uh, MJF or wrestles a big name from AEW, that would be like the same thing. But like in terms of like actual sports, like if you're not a wrestling fan, like I don't even know how to ex- explain it. Like no, because UFC and fucking yeah. strike force or whatever they're not or bellator they're not even on the same level like there's nothing to really to, uh, compare it to but it's just like to see them wrestle each other and they had a very brief interaction at the wrestle kingdom event a couple days ago um they were in a tag match against each other and then kiyomiya like stiffed them like booted okada in the face and then they just brawled the match went to a no contest and they just beat the shit out of each other for 15 minutes um, and then the match was announced last night. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's this like, there's so much cool shit happening in, in Japan, uh, cool shit happening in AEW, but like how much, how much time we got left? We are eight minutes over our limit. Okay. So <laughs> how about this? Uh, I want to end it on a wrestling note. Um, okay. last question. Okay. What are your thoughts on Cody Rhodes coming back to WWE after, fucking love it leaving aew yeah so um he he left aew last year uh like around this time of the year sat dormant for a, a few months and then made a surprise return at wrestlemania against seth rollins amazing rivalry like every match in that rivalry was fantastic um injured himself tore his pectoral completely off the bone wrestled a match with a torn pec a hell in a cell match against seth rollins was fucking incredible um and then has been injured for like the last like nine months or so so he's coming back at the royal rumble i mean i just assume he's gonna pick up where he left off um sure. he's gonna be the biggest fucking star in in wb i would assume he's probably gonna be the one that beats roman reigns for the world title roman reigns has had the title longer than any champion in the last like 30 years um i would assume it's gonna be cody rhodes I can't think of anybody else that Roman hasn't already beat to take the title off of him. Um, and it's just funny because there's, if you're not a wrestling fan, then you don't know of all of the crazy, like tribalism between AEW fans and WWE fans. And there's, so there's, there's these WWE fans that are like, well, AEW couldn't make Cody Rhodes a household name. Couldn't make him a superstar. Um, that's not true at all he had he had to come back to wbe to to be this megastar well that's not true because he started in wbe and he was always a a mid-card guy he was never i mean he was never never even sniffed the title (laughs) the the heavyweight championship his first time there cody rhodes had to leave go to new japan go to ring of honor start aew for wwe to see him as like what he is now yeah which is like this larger than life character like his whole presentation has changed since aew he he looks talks dresses like a world champion like a guy that can carry your company when he was in wb before it wasn't like that so um realistically i can't see 
there's no I mean there's nobody else. Roman Reigns has beaten everybody else. Um, it doesn't make any other sense. There's one other guy that, that I mean, realistically could make sense. Um, he used to wrestle as Walter. He wrestles as Gunther now. He he has that mystique to him where he could beat Roman Reigns, but like he doesn't. He's Austrian. His promo skills aren't there. If you're gonna take the title off of Roman Reigns, who's a, an amazing talker, his presentation is amazing. You you have to put it on like, and he's been the biggest heel for like three years. You have to put it on a guy that is going to carry the. You got to transition that title to like a big baby face and use it to build someone. Gunther's a heel. The match wouldn't make sense. Like the the only like top level good guy is is Cody Rhodes. It's the only one that makes sense. Um, it comes back at the Rumble. I think he wins the Rumble. I think he beats Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. It's the only thing that makes sense. At at what point do you think we're gonna get um a wrestler that's on the same level as as say like Undertaker or The Rock or you know one of the Attitude Era style wrestlers? Like, I guess what I'm meaning is Undertaker went undefeated. For oh, so long. like storyline wise, yeah. A guy, when's the next time we're gonna get something like that? Well, we have it right now with Roman Reigns. Um, Reigns it took, has a, it took so long for him to get there. Like they had, so they were, I, they were very scared. I think, yeah. So they're they're trying to build. Cena's gone. I mean, I know he wrestled in December, but he's he's gone. He he um, pull, he pulled a rock. He, oh he, yeah yeah. Um, and he did come back and he wrestled, but he did like six moves i think he didn't i mean it was just it was his normal like big fucking finish it was like uh the shoulder block shoulder block uh you can't see me f- yeah five knuckle shuffle bullshit the attitude adjustment five or six moves um and in in a 15 minute match so he's done he's i mean he's simply just done wrestling full time he's never going to come back full time so i mean why, sh- that. why should it, he he's no, making and, more money doing exactly like peacemaker, peacemaker. So you have that top star, top good guy star, and he's been a good guy since like 2006, right? Um, if not longer. So, and then he leaves. You're left without this like marquee character. Mm-hmm. So you try to you try to make Roman Reigns that character. You try to make Roman Reigns like that next big babyface star, right? Do you think think WWE is kicking themselves for wasting Roman Reigns for as long as they did? Because no, I mean not now that he's this, right? But like the writing, like the writing team, just and even more so, like the execs just kind of like wasted him. Like the thing is, maybe well, yeah, they did it from a fan's perspective. They definitely did, but I mean, he was. He was a, he was a big star and he was very popular, but I will to WWE's credit, he gets leukemia a second time. He goes away for a few months. When he comes back, he could. He has the real life's sympathy of the fans, right? That's like, hey man, you survived cancer. It's kind of like Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. Like he got injured, had a bunch of like concussions and shit, was gone for a few years, came back. You could make him the biggest fucking baby face in the world. 
because the fans have this real life sympathy that's like, hey man, you were gone. And like, now we know how bad it is without you. And like, how good you were because you've been gone for so long. See, he comes back from can- Roman Reigns comes back from cancer. You could make mm-hmm. him the biggest fucking good guy in the world. And to their credit, they're like, nah, they used it. That. Fuck that. Like, we're going to make him the biggest fucking heel. And he's going to be undefeated for years. He has not been pinned since like 2019, something like that. So now the, but now you've backed yourself into a corner because the guy that pins him, the the guy that beats him actually beats him clean and wins those titles. It's, it's gotta be used to build like a new star. In my opinion, it's got to be someone that's never won a world title before. Mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes. Um, it's got to be like a, a guy that the fans like can get behind. They can they can relate to someone that like can carry that brand as someone that like he can show up every week. He can talk. He can wrestle. He's presented as a guy who realistically could beat Roman Reigns, who's been unstoppable for three years. It's the only guy that makes sense to me is, is Cody Rhodes. <laughs>